Hey everyone, welcome to the Going in Circles podcast network. This is Charles Simon, I'm the host on the Going in Circles podcast network. I think I've said that too many times already. This is the Big Monday Show. I haven't said that yet. Uh, my co-host on the Big Monday Show, Barry Spears, he'll be with us right after the first break. We were thinking about talking about some interesting things this week without such a heavy feel, but uh, as usual, racing delivers a juicy story that we kind of can't ignore because, well, then we'd be hypocrites like most everyone else that covers racing. Not you, David Grenning. You are actually the man. But um, (sighs) I guess I shouldn't complain this is like 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 a silver platter has just delivered us a topic so we will uh, be back here in just about one minute and nine seconds see you guys on the other side with the sniper mr barry spears Pleasant Acre Farms, located just outside Ocala, Florida, is a full-service commercial breeding operation that has one of the top stallion rosters in the Sunshine State. Standing 10 horses, including sons of top sires such as Curlin, Harlan's Holiday, Unbridled Song, Scat Daddy, Canthros, and Twirling Candy, you'll be sure to find a great match for your mare at Pleasant Acres. Owned and operated by consummate professionals, Joe and Helen Barbazon, they provide clients with world-class services in all facets of the thoroughbred industry. Their commitment to quality is what allows Pleasant Acre Farms to pursue their passion for breeding champions. Check out their website at PleasantAcreStallions.com or call 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Farms. Hello, Mr. Spears. Hey, what's up, man? How are you, sir? I am. I'm doing okay. How are you doing? That's that's the question. How are you doing, sir? Well, actually, actually, uh oh, was kind of having yeah. um, not a bad day. Not a bad day at all. Good, good, good. It was warm. It was really warm here. It was, it was like over eighty today. It's been over eighty for the last couple of weeks, actually. So. Yeah, uh, summertime it's, hot. It was. It's nice. I mean, I don't want to rub it in for the people up there no, where it's cold. But uh... yeah, I do. I don't. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's why. Sorry, I moved. <laughs> it's a uh, free country. You can move. Um, yeah, it's uh, we ha- we put on a. This is the third or fourth year. Fourth year, right? You know, it kind of confuses me because the the COVID year was everything was blurry. <laughs> um, the whole year was blurry. Yeah, we've done this this, um, and this totally like ruins my persona, but um, <laughs> as like a mean, you know, jerk. But uh, <laughs> we've been doing this thing called no empty stockings, and it's uh, raising funds and. And collecting toys and, and stuff for the kids of Palmettos, um, where people make donations and and send gifts, all, all kinds of things. And it's been a really huge success. And the chaplain down here is great. Chaplain Tom LaPointe is really a, a super guy. And 
He's got a great staff. He's got a really good um, – he, he does a really good job. He's got a really good program. And uh, it's not easy with two facilities. It used to be three facilities. Now it's down to two facilities that are spread out so far. But uh, his guys do, do a good job. And, you know, they take care of the needs of the backside really well. And uh, the Christmas dinner you know, slash gift event um, – I'm just really happy that that uh, we've been able to contribute, and there's so many people uh, donated this year. I mean, it was uh, the response was really kind of overwhelming, and, and I really want to thank every person that donated. Um, it's just honestly, I, I don't want to name everybody because I'd forget somebody, and yeah, and some people might be a little funny about it, but anyways, but yeah, but I um, mean, that, that's definitely something to to get you in a good mood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was really, it was really. You know, I, I was I wasn't sure what to expect because, I mean, listen. Sometimes when when racing is is under kind of a black cloud, um, I was almost a little hesitant to say, "Hey, you know, I know <laughs> everything looks like it sucks, but uh, got any money for the kids?" But everybody <laughs> really stepped up, and and uh, I, I mean, I was really really. Uh, thrilled that uh, some people made really big donations. Um, you know, pers- it just is a great thing. And, and honestly, the first year we did it, I wasn't sure um, how it was all going to work, but it, it turned out great, and the kids loved it. And didn't you dress up as Santa Claus? I then? did not. No, I did never dress up as Santa Claus. Why did um, I think you did it? At least the first year. Or the I don't know. The, the The suit would never fit me. First of all. <laughs> um, and second of all, I'm like Tony Soprano. You know, I'm not wearing a, 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 a... <laughs> no monkey suits for me. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll round up the I round or, up the money. I go buy presents. I'll do all that stuff. I can't rap very well. Not the first um, year that was you. No, no, never, never been. We, we got we got Gabby to do it one year. Yeah, <laughs> she was the best Santa Claus. But um, the 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 fact that uh, I think it's it's what kind of caught me off guard because, you know, you give kids toys, certainly they're going to like that. I mean, that, that wasn't unexpected, but their parents were so grateful that people had thought about, you know, donating and to help their kids and, you know, to see their kids happy. And believe me, they do a great job of uh, finding, you know, toys and stuff for all ages. And this year our focus was more on the older kids who, you know, it's not so easy to buy toys for. Get the shaft most of we the get, time. Uh, right. So we, we get them gift cards and, you know, for iTunes and, and things like that. Because, I mean, everybody, you know. Spread the wealth. Spread it out. Sure. 13-year-old kids could run a computer and a phone and, and stuff way better than I can. But, um, but again, everybody that donated was, uh, we would just want to say thank you. The, the, the party's Monday. And, uh. We're gonna be uh, should be in attendance. So, so that was kind of the good news. Um, pretty yeah. much everything else, uh, you, as usual, kind of sucks. But um, <laughs> that's horse racing these days. Like, right, a little tiny step forward and twenty-seven uh, steps backwards, and then everybody points fingers. I tell you what, though, really kind of caught me off guard is um, my father <clears throat> called me. Um, to talk about some of that, which is, you know, 
you know, he, he lives in a state where they don't have racing and he kind of catches the, the Fox broadcasts when they're on um, just to follow it a little bit. And he listens to our podcasts, but you know, it, it kind of caught me off guard because he, he, he had a, you know, quite a bit to say about how things worked and, and an interesting tie in with, with other sports because he was like, you know, the fact of the matter is a lot of the other sports do the same thing where, you know, everybody's trying to get an edge. And it, and he's like, well, it seems very apparent in horse racing because it's almost to the point where you need that edge in order to win. And that's where the things go bad. And I thought that was pretty interesting, you know, coming from somebody who really, you know, my dad likes racing, you know, but he's not like us, you know what I mean? He's not at it every day or talking about it every day or every hour. Oh, oh so he has a more well-rounded life than us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slightly. I mean, if it wasn't horse racing, it's probably basketball. So, right. Well, that's the <laughs> touche. Right? Yeah. So, so um, it's not, he's not far off. But I, I just thought that was interesting from somebody who's, who's not really on the inside that, that kind of has an outside perspective. He can't even bet, you know, uh, where they live in South Carolina. They, they really don't have anything. Um, he has to go to like North Carolina to, to, to go to the casinos and stuff like that. And they, I think they have slot parlors in South Carolina and that's it. But yeah, it was, it, was, it kind of caught me off guard because he called me kind of out of the blue and I was like, Whoa, but it was cool. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it was bad because of the circumstances. I sure. Mean, What's but, the old saying, you know, any publicity is good publicity, which is right. And in, in this, in this case, it's really not, but, I honestly didn't realize he paid attention as much as he did. Yeah. Um, but, and that's my dad and he knows that, you know, I'm kind of in it sort of. Um, I can just only imagine people that are not, that just hear stuff from mainstream media and what their points of view are on the whole thing, which is, it could be scary. <laughs> There's a certain segment um, of the racing community that wants to believe that what they feel matters and what their thoughts matter and, and what uh, what's in their, their eyes, the truth matters. And it's just so tone deaf. And, uh, you know, where I'm going with this is right around seven o'clock today it's it's right now we're taping this it's nine o'clock eastern on monday um oh well, actually i guess this this, this came out about uh, four o'clock almost five o'clock today on pollock was the news that windstar is sending country grammar back to bob baffert which of course is their right to do he's uh, he has a license to train he's he's got a barn out there and they can do whatever they want with their horses um, but <laughs> there isn't, however, there is definitely a, however, um, you know, the quote was, if I thought Bob was doing anything wrong, I wouldn't have sent country grammar back to California. And honestly, let, let me just say this. Nobody gives a shit about country grammar. Okay. He was never a really uh, like a top horse. He's been hurt a lot. He's, you know, this is his third 
trainer he's on, even though I, I guess Todd really never did anything with him. Um, you know, he won the Hollywood Gold Cup, but I mean, that was a, you know, a fluke, a, a horrible field, kind of a fluke. Yeah. But, I mean, let's face it, everything in California this year stunk. The older horses were just, you know, they're they're, they're basically seventy five claimers masquerading as stake horses because there's no one else out. There's no one left. You know, um, that's a subject we could talk about that might actually be interesting. You know, the fact that probably a third of the greatest stakes in California shouldn't be greatest stakes. But instead, we have to talk about this nonsense because this is what people want to talk about. And this is what people want to hear. And it sucks, but uh, like I said, they can do whatever they want. But it's like the tone deafness of making that announcement. Um, I just don't get it, right? Like, I just don't get it. Why? Why do that? Why make any announcement? Why right. say anything? That's my thing is why even announce it? Just, just right. do it, and then you know, kind of do damage control or whatever, or you know, PR when when somebody approaches you. But yeah, why announce it? I, I mean, it, to me, it, it kind of you know, well, this is mac- the- arrogance. <clears throat> Yes. Oh, you can't exactly. stop us. We're going to do this anyway, and you can't stop him. So we're going to just do this, and we're going to tell everybody. Windstar is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, operation in America. And the general public thinks Bob Baffert is a bad guy. Uh, whether you think it or not, doesn't matter. That That's what the public thinks, because every headline that has come out of racing regarding him over the last you know, eight months right, has been bad. And that's what matters. That's what matters. And it seems like no one seems in, within the game can, can just comprehend that the one guy they keep putting the feelings and, 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 and their, you know, support behind the one guy. And I'm not saying that they should shun the guy. I'm not saying that they should like not talk to him or, or you know what I mean? It's not like he's killed anyone. Right. But, when you support him, the general public looks at you. And I know someone is going to say, well, the general public, I said, there's no about country grammar. Well, that's the point. They can Google. Right. And when, when, when people start complaining and saying, hey, why are you doing this? Of all weeks to do this. I mean, it's after listening to the symposium on, from Arizona. And you have an insular group of people who, who just don't get it. And they all talk about... Um, you know, opportunity and this and that and blah, 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 blah. I listened to a speech from the, the new head of the NTRA on Saturday about, uh, you know, how, how sports betting is, is so important. And, and it's clear he has no idea what he's talking about when it comes to that. Clear. I mean, you're opening up a, a, an office in Washington to, to try to make sure the single wallet go, goes everywhere, except uh, that's not a federal issue. It's a, it's a state issue. So maybe I'm being a little petty. But it just it's it's the same it's the same in the same vein, right? Right. Like we haven't learned anything. No, nothing. Right. And that, let me let me just say a bit about sports betting. It's gonna kill us. We're gonna get wiped out by it. They're not going. This is not going to work. Single wallet is simply a delaying tactic because the fact of the matter is we're not worried about our core product. We're not worried about bigger, more competitive fields. We're worried about making sure Mr. Baffert's feelings aren't hurt. 
and and oh boy like the demographics and and sports betters are great blah 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 ignoring again the fact that 95 percent of sports outside of football on weekends is played at night when those people aren't working and racing is mostly conducted in the daytime and running them at night when the other sports are running isn't exactly like you don't want to run into your competition it's just the general lack of 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 i don't even know what the word is strategy it's just that it's not even strategy it's just like it's like, not thinking no we're not going to capture the sports betting market like this is the thing the horse racing and, and has been around this country for 150 years, 100 more than that, right? Yeah. Sports betting has been around legally <laughs> for 10 outside of Vegas for, for four or five. Five, yeah. Right. So, like, all of a sudden, we're going to, the, the, the group that's been around for 150 years needs to be exposed to the group that's been around for four. And there is crossover. I'm not saying that there's not some crossover, but it might be our guys leaving us for them. And yeah, a sports guy, a guy who wagers on sports is far, far, far more likely to wager on racing than a guy that uh, plays a slot machine, right? Slot machines are just pushing a button. It's just action. It's not like, yeah, it's not a thinking man's game. You know, there's no strategy to slots. My ex-wife actually told me that she had a strategy. But uh, she also told me that like spending seven hundred dollars uh, at uh, the shoe store was was something that needed to be needed to be done on a yeah. monthly basis as well. So, yeah, because I I've done and do the same thing with the shoes. So, yeah, but you never even wear them. You you just wear slides. <laughs> and they just stay in the box. <laughs> you know, those are good. There's a friend of mine, right? I was working in 1989. Was the first year I did this. Um, I worked for Sports Eye, and I filled in at Yonkers doing the chart calling. And <laughs> in Harness, you don't have another guy. You just do it yourself. One guy does it, right? You write the, you, 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 you call it into a, uh, um, a little recorder, and then you just you know, put it down. And it's really not that difficult, on, on a, especially on a half-mile track, because everything's right for everyone. Anyways, there was a guy who was a regular, the regular chart caller. He was a teacher. His name was Sandy Grossman. And Sandy was a little bit eccentric. <laughs> and uh, this is 1989, 1989, 1990. And I, I mean, I was young, right? Um, so Sandy buys a Nissan 280ZX. Ooh, that's, that's high class. And I mean, because he never spends a penny, right? He, he, he. He's he's working and remember we, we were racing at Yonkers seven, eight nights, you know, seven, eight cards a week. So there was plenty of races to chart and, and, and plenty of extra money to be made. Um, so he buys the car. And I see him, he brings it to the, to the track, and we all look at it, and it was like it was really like a, a cool car. They were like a sports car when there wasn't that many sports cars out there like there are now. So the next week I see him. And he's driving the old junker car that he had. And I was like, dude, where's the where's the, the new car? Well, I'm not driving that car. I said, what do you mean you're not driving? You're not, like, you're not driving it here? No, I don't drive it at all. I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, I didn't buy that car to drive. I bought it as an investment. So I'm looking at him like, you know, like, like is he messing with me, right? <laughs> or is he is he being serious? 
And he's like, do you know how much that car, a mint 280ZX, is going to be worth in 20 years? And I'm trying to, like, it, it's not really going, you know, I'm not really <laughs> processing this very well. I'm thinking to myself, it's it's a Nissan, dude. It's not like it's, it's a, a, you know, a Rolls Royce or something. Like, you really think it's going to appreciate and value that much? Like, like really? And he, he was convinced that this was a great investment. And and honestly, I kind of lost track of him. <laughs> and, yeah, I wonder I, if he, I, he still has it. I don't know. And that's 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 one of those things like I don't even know like how to find him. A lot of the most everyone that was there at that time is gone. And uh you know who might know. I mean, this would be a, like a shot in the dark, but maybe Dave Little might remember Sandy. Huh. <laughs> Dave was you know, but the Meadowlands, he, but, uh, I always wanted, I said, I wonder if you ever did sell that car, but I was like thinking to myself and he bought a cash. That was the thing. He didn't make payments. He bought a cash, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know I, that, that, that story just popped in my head, but <sighs> this isn't the end of the world, but it's just another slap in the face. And right to the everyone that cares about the sport that's not um in it that isn't in that camp and it's just one of these like uh the fact that Juan Vasquez had a nice little winning streak on on uh, at New York the other day every horse moved up it was just kind of like you know one of those eye-rolling moments that we have, and then Pollock wrote a story, put four pages worth of violations that the guys had. Uh, I don't know if I said this on the air or not, but I had one dealing with with, with Juan Vasquez, and um, I would say that he is uh, not a person that uh, well... <laughs> I think you said it all <laughs> without saying it. <laughs> I came close to choking him until he couldn't breathe, like you know, he's that kind of jerk. But the fact that it matters, being a jerk isn't isn't the problem. It's the pro. It's that the guy has, you know, four pages of violations. And let and let's remember too that those uh, websites with the violations are not always completely accurate. Right, meaning the, that they're more, missing some. Not not that though they have ones that aren't real. That they might miss a bunch too. And this is a guy, how, how does he get licensed? A, a long-time veteran trainer asked me this today. And he's not a trainer anymore, but he asked me this today about that guy. I said, Chuck, do you remember when, you know, if you did anything wrong, you couldn't get a license? He goes, how does that guy get a license in New York? And that's the thing. Like, the hypocrisy of New York. They don't get positives anymore. They have the greatest lab, but they never get any positives. At least they own thoroughbreds. In harness, they get them, but in the thoroughbreds, they don't get any positives. Um, Can't even remember. The last we're, we're, we're going on like three years, right? So nobody made a mistake. Nobody's groomed, you know, made a mistake. Every single thing in New York has been perfect, which, of course, no one believes. And uh, how did Marcus Vitale, New York State Racing and Gaming Board, there's a guy named Robert Williams. He's in charge of it, right? He's the guy that decided that that the marriage thing was the jockey thing was really important, and the governor should veto it. <laughs> Meanwhile, 
You let Marcus Vitale be licensed in your state. What's the matter with you? You should be fired. Yeah, that's... How long is his rap rap sheet? He just got a year suspension in Delaware. If that's not enough... This is not the, the this is not Naira. This is the racing and and wagering board. You tell me, and, and and of course, we don't really have any way of, of totally knowing this. But if I was going to be a blackjack dealer and I, I at one of the casinos and and I had that many violations, on could my, not. What chance would I have getting a job? Zero, because what? even with one, I don't think you could do it. Right, and and what. You race a horse on a Saturday at Saratoga. How much more money is bet on you, the, the the race that you're in when you take a, in, into account the the horizontal bets, all the other, you know, the pick two millions, pick threes, the pick fours, the pick five versus a, a single blackjack dealer at a five dollar table in uh, at the Finger Lakes uh, casino. <laughs> millions. Sir. Right. Now, why is that? Why is that? I don't know. I don't. I, w- I wouldn't have a good answer for you. Like exactly. I, I speculate because I don't know what they think. <laughs> what are they thinking? How do, how do these people get licensed? How many violations do you have to have before you're not licensed? Because if the state won't license them, then the tracks don't need to ban them. True. But that's my question. These are professional licenses. Right. What's the disqualifier? I mean, we have an idea or what should be. How, how do we know that? And they seemingly have, you know, a blindfold on and just like, oh, yeah, sure. We'll rubber stamp that. No problem. And, you know, you know what Heist is going to do about that? Nothing. Nothing. They can't. They're not going to do anything about it. The state's still going to license these people. Right. It's and it's that that's the question. That's the question all the people who don't have a million violations ask. How do these people get a license when they have so many damn violations? And yeah, maybe they don't have five class ones. Nobody gets class ones except for like quarter horse trainers in New Mexico, where they seem to be the only people that ever get class ones, right? <laughs> but how many class three if you get thirteen class twos or threes? Just as bad, if not worse. Exactly. Listen, I, I think Heisa is being put together in a haphazard fashion. I don't think that they have nearly enough practical um, knowledge. I don't think they have enough people advising them with a real clue as to what's going on. I think it's just suit, 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 suit. But the truth is that something needs to be done because the state's are just dropping the ball at every occasion. And and I guarantee you that someone would say off the record that they don't want litigation. And that's that goes back to the Bob Baffert problem. And this is one thing that someone should tell Baffert. Bob, one of the reasons everyone hates you now, and believe me, everyone hates you except for about 4% of the people. They all hate you, <laughs> warranted or not. Part of the problem is that every week or every other week, your lawyers are out there calling everybody stupid and calling it, you know, everybody is, is against you, blah, blah, blah. And no one buys it except for the weirdos that defend the guy like. Yeah, I don't I don't. These people are, are, are they're 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 more fanatical than like Taylor Swift 
freaking fan. <laughs> the the Bayhive, Beyonce's fan, right? But it's like something. I just don't have an explanation. When someone says, "Well, how does a guy like that get licensed?" I don't have any explanation. I don't have any explanation. At what point should the state be saying, "Hey, you got fifty-eight violations in the last ten years"? Like you're averaging five or six violations a year. You shouldn't have a professional license. And of course, there's always a lawyer going to say, "Oh, the guy has a right to make a living." Yeah, he's the right to make a living. Let, let him go here. Let, let him go work. Uh, you know, off the track somewhere. And that's the thing that it just it it just seems to be, um, it seems to have have, have just eluded and changed. I I swear I don't think in the in the past that a lot of these guys would have been licensed. Um, and of course they didn't have central databases, and a lot of times it was kind of like, you know, if if it didn't happen in that state, it didn't happen. But that's not the case anymore. That's not the case anymore. I had to get a temporary license in 2018, yeah. 2019, <laughs> because, oh no, 2018, because on the record, I had been fined $100 at Churchill for, I, I think I, I didn't have the horse's full papers on file or late to the paddock or something. Very minor, right? I, I have like four things on my, my record. And it was like a minor thing, but somehow they didn't have that. I had paid the fine and it was adjudicated, even though, you know, I had been licensed for like seven consecutive years. (laughs) close to that. Right. (laughs) And I get about 60 days later, I get a thing in the mail. Oh yeah. We, you know, it's all okay. You're right. So, so you're worried about a hundred bucks, a fine of a hundred dollars, making sure I paid that. Um, that, that as a holdup, but a guy who has 74 violations, yeah, sure. No big deal. Have at it, bro. Because we we give the tracks hell a lot. And they deserve it for most of the time. But in some cases, they just shouldn't ever get to that situation. It just shouldn't. And, <sighs> Anyways. Um... I watched the races from Hong Kong, and uh, unfortunately, there was a breakdown in the the Hong Kong sprint. Yeah, that was rough. Kind of a bad look, and you know, it can happen anywhere at any time at any level. And that's 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 the sad thing, and that's the hard thing that we are always going to be judged for. That sometimes there are going to be things that happen we can't control and that was that That, was one of them you know that was definitely one of them that was that was nuts because no place does a better job of drug testing of of um, making sure that uh, everything's on the up and up than there and if they can't stop it then no one can Um, it was great to see loves only you go out a winner exciting race I watched I was a little groggy like 345 in the morning um if there's a horse better than Golden Sixty in this world, I haven't seen them. I don't know who they are. <laughs> I, I haven't seen them. Maybe they haven't been born yet. <laughs> they don't even go fast in his races, and he just runs right by them. Rolls every time. You know, there's a lot of talk about 
Um, and his international rating is way lower than it should be. He should be rated about 130. But, but um, you know, there's talk about, hey, like, there's not a whole lot left for him to do over there. I mean, he's, he's yeah. beaten everybody a bunch of times. He's beaten the internationals easy both times. Um, and maybe that, uh, you know, they're, they're, they'd always resisted shipping me, but he is six years old and he certainly appears to be in the best form of his life. It would be nice. It'd be great to see him in the Breeders' Cup, though. That's Man. a, that's a long, long ways away. Long ways away. Um, I'm guessing, you know, if if they ship at all, it'll probably be to uh, to run him in Japan, which is close. And they run for a lot of money. So, but uh, 16 wins in a row is. If you had a 50,000 claimer and you ran him against five claimers to win 16 times in a row, that not have the, the jockey screw it up or not have, you know, something go wrong, just bad fortune, bad luck. That's be tough to do. It's really tough to do. 19 out of 20. So, so it was kind of cool to watch those races, even though, like I said, they're they're running the middle of the the night over here. Um. Oh, it's funny. Pollock put a poll up. <laughs> um, you know, people, I think, forget sometimes we talk about jockeys and suspensions in that a lot of states have uh, designated races that allows a suspended jockey to ride in them, mostly graded races. Um, kind of because the argument, one of the arguments against uh, suspensions of jockeys is that it hurts the, the connections of the horse who have to find a new jockey. And I'll be honest, I, I don't I don't think suspensions work in the short term. They're mostly just vacations. The guys manipulate the system and, and kick it kick the can down the road. And the fact is that because states uh, or excuse me, the, the, the stewards are, are issuing, you know, kind of government um, uh, rulings, you know, from the racing commission, they have to every legal precedent, right? They have to have, give them a hearing. They have to have uh, the ability to have an appeal and, 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 and all this. So it's, it's very hard to change that system. But to me, just finding the, the jockeys would be a much better, um, would be a much better solution. Uh, and and the, the poll says, do you support, support or oppose current policy that many states uh, have that permits jockeys to ride in designated races when they're suspended? <laughs> and you rarely see polls that are uh, <laughs> that are put out that, that are this lopsided because, you know, there's no need to have a poll if you think 90, 90% of the people are going to vote one way, um, unless you're trying to prove a point. But 87.79% uh, opposed the, the designated <laughs> races, which I thought was kind of funny, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I never really understood the whole suspension, non-suspension thing. Because um, it's like, what what do you, are you really punishing them? <laughs> I mean, you want to make it a deterrent. You know, like, for example, I read right now, if there's any time to be suspended for 30 days, this is the time, you know, go on vacation. He's probably down here in Florida or Puerto Rico or whatever, 
you know, with his family and right, right. If, if, if it had happened in um, July, yeah. say, and they said, yeah, you Saratoga, yeah, that would hurt yeah. his feelings. Yeah, he wasn't going to say, oh, no problem, I'll take the 30. Certainly that was, um, you know, the case. But uh, it's just as funny, you know, the designated racist thing. And and that like, oh, yeah, you can't ride that 10 claimer, but you could this $500,000 stake, no problem. (laughs) Um, That's uh, why I didn't ever understood It's like, okay, well, you don't want them to ride the everyday type horses, but you'll let them ride the, the grade one on the card and that's it. Like, well, where's the deterrent? He's still yeah, yeah. in anyway. Yep, I, I, I've kind of changed my mind on that. I used to be okay. I say, yeah, you know what? It's, it's a real pain in the ass when you have a good horse and they've been had the same jockey for a while, and maybe it's a quirky horse or something. But you know, in the end, if they're suspended, they should be suspended. Right. Let's do it. I mean, you know, to me, it just seems like you know. Well, I mean, maybe that's something for the owners and. And trainers to consider if the guy's never available because he's suspended. Right, 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 right. Availability is a skill. Right. <laughs> that's 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 a that's an NBA saying. Availability is a skill. If guys, he's not available. Play half the games. What good well, is it? that's that's you know that's a big negative. Um. <sighs> well, what else? What else, Barry? Come up with something that's not negative. Oh well, oh, I thought you just said come up with something because I, I, I <laughs> because I've seen a lot of grumbling on Twitter about the uh, the Gulfstream Tapita situation. A lot of it, actually, more than I thought I would. And you know, I, I've been kind of torn on it because I don't really mind the Tapita races. But if they're using those to replace turf races, then that's an issue. Which clearly is happening. Right. So it's like, well, you know, the Tapita races, they're fine. I I don't really have a huge problem with it. Or, you know, if they had the notion to, let's say, run the cheaper horses or the lower level horses, I should say on the tapita instead of running them on the grass and have the more expensive races on the grass. That would make a little more sense to me, but it's not very good either. You know, it's just, it just creates too many problems and it solves. Yeah. I I have friends that won't bet it. And, um, there are people saying, and they, and, and one of, uh, I've seen this uh, on Twitter. People say, look, uh, they they have have framed it where there's no uh, horizontal bets that doesn't include a tapita race. So you you literally have to use you know bet or handicap the races. And I think they, I don't think that their original intent was to do this, but I think that they have a problem um, with the grass. I just don't think it, it's. Uh, I mean, got to remember that grass has been used for a couple, how many years now? A couple years straight, like right, straight with, with just a, a little break in in the in the in the fall, and um, you know, for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem like it's it's not lush. So, um, 
I, I just don't. Uh, I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't like it. I don't like the pita. I don't like. I didn't <laughs> like training on it. I didn't like racing on it. I don't like betting it. See, and, I don't mind betting it because it's usually a, a bit. Yeah, but you, your, your, your style of handicapping, Barry, right, is one that's so different than so many other people's, uh, and and you do it well. But you are a a guy that looks for chaos in races, yeah, absolutely. Right? And and some of these these races are like the definition of chaos. And um, you know, there there's a race the other day, the first race on last Wednesday, fifty to one shot. This horse had run onto the, onto the pita at Gulfstream and run terrible, and back and you know dominated. Wound up, <laughs> wound up winning the race. He's fifty to one. And he's he's in like the fifteen path. And I'm just standing here thinking to myself, this is like the county fair when they when they run the you know the, the pigs around the little thing, you know. They, <laughs> I mean that that's what kind of racing it is. You, you, horses are in the fifteen path. Inside's no good. Guys are dying to get get off the rail, so they're you know it, it's just it's hard. You don't know what a the <laughs> yeah, horse a- is supposed to be. You don't know what the breeding is supposed to be. Uh, and, and then, you know, add to the fact that they're running mostly the cheap races on it. So you're already running the more random group of horses on it, right? Because cheap horses are, are generally more erratic than the better um, the better horses who are more consistent. And uh, I just I, I just am not a, you know, I'm not a fan. And um, I think that uh, they're kind of forced to use it right now. I don't think that the, the turf can can take and remember there's only one turf course now and that turf course is divided in two but there's only one turf course and it's smaller way smaller than it was so you're not going to be able to in the best of times you're not going to be able to use the grass right. as much as you were before so um yeah i saw they moved the rails in yesterday um or actually this weekend which i thought was interesting because i thought they were going to kind of save that part as much as they could for uh you know pegasus and even though i mean it's a it's what a month away what where are we it's uh december 12th like 40 40 days right something like that 45 days i don't know man i, I don't even oh it's, it's not 12 it's the 13th I'm, I'm, see I'm, I'm a day i'm a day behind <laughs> you're on hong kong time bro well, hopefully, uh, so Nick's go is back on the work tab, right? So yeah, the Nick's go. Though, though uh, on Steve Bick's show today, Doug O'Neill said that Hot Rod Charlie will not be going coming here. He will be heading to Dubai, so he'll be running over there. Boo, boo! I have no idea who else is going to run in this race. The Pegasus. Oh. Who's out? Who's out there? Who's left? <sighs> Besides, oh. life is good, right? Who? Life is good, sort of. Well, life is good is going to run with and, and Nick's go. Right. And, and then, then who else? After that, uh, I have no idea. I mean, I'm not even going to say it, but, uh, you know, you know, someone is definitely not running. <laughs> and now uh, Hot Rod Charlie's not running. Um, huh? It'd be interesting how, how the, that fills out. Because it'll fill out, I mean, because there's enough money to go around. Third place is a lot of money. It, it is. It is. I mean, you, you, 
you'd figure like somebody would point to it, but I don't know that there's a lot of people that are really going to be interested in running against those two horses. Though, if you consider that they both have the same same style, style, I'd be, style and I'd the fact to... is they're they're going to have some kind of wicked pace if if all things, um, you know, continue to progress. Uh, there's a chance somebody's got a chance, right? Somewhere. Well, I mean, listen. Whenever there's a speed duel, there's always a chance that that um, you know you're gonna get a you're gonna get a meltdown, right? But essential qualities is uh, he's retired. Medina Spirit, unfortunately, has expired. Outright Charlie's not going. Uh, I'm just looking at Breeders' Cup horses. Stiletto Boy. I can't imagine that they would want to ship him across the country to be a million to one. Um, Art Collector. I. I I haven't heard a word about him. Um, Max Player really never runs well outside of New York. Yeah. Uh, and Tripoli, which I would think it's a real long shot that John Siler would be sending that horse least too. So, I mean, just coming out of the Breeders' Cup Classic, um, you really have no one. So, uh, what about, right, the Clark? Right, the Clark uh, was Maxfield. Right, he's gone. He's not racing, obviously. Um, Happy <laughs> Saver, my buddy. Maybe I guess, but I mean, isn't he better suited to to one of the mile and a quarter races? He'd be okay. I think he'd be all right there. That's a good spot for him. <laughs> Country grammar. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one. Well, he hasn't. He's just but, going back. But he just came back to training. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing him, but um, that was just me being a wise-ass. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, you know, Midnight Bourbon doesn't look like a spot that he would want to be in since he's on another horse that wants to be up close to or on the pace. Rumbauer. Rumbauer is not calling back in the Pegasus. Why not? Yeah, no chance. Um He's training in California. He, he, I don't see it. Uh, Night Ops, Dr. Post. Dr. Post is another one, maybe. Yeah, I mean. He's got a okay, appropriate running style for that. I mean, who else is there? Militarist? <laughs> Sorry, Carlo. But, uh, yeah, it's. Um, you just got banned from Frank and Dino's. It's actually, uh, I mean, it's looking looking like a match race, which would actually be kind of cool. Right. It, you know, considering, I mean, we had some bad luck, what was it, two years ago when uh, Omaha Beach scratched? Yeah, yeah. That would have been good to see him run there in that spot, yeah. too. But didn't yeah, he, he was here, too. I mean, he was here. He was training. It's, uh, you know, they were. They were ready. Mr. Mandela. He, he, uh, I was really unfortunate. Yeah, I, I was looking forward to seeing him run. So, well, we'll see. I mean, there's some time we can, I'm sure there's, 
some people to get somebody. Well, I, I just honestly, I just hope those two horses make it. Yeah, you know, I'm with you there because we did, we can't have another Knicks go walk to the lead, win easy Pegasus like we had last year. That was the easiest money that horse has ever made. Even yeah. easier than the Breeders' Cup this year. Yeah, that's in when they made the Pegasus, they designed it, they they put it on this, you know, replacing the Don in the counter. It was in a good spot. But now it's not really in a good spot. Move it. <laughs> it really isn't. There there is no good spot anymore. That's the no, problem. Yeah, because they can't move it to like middle of January because that'll suck. Well, you, you, you know, you have the, the have spectre to move of the, it to like April. <laughs> you have you have the specter of the Saudi race, and you have right. the, the you know the problem with the the Dubai race, and those are a lot more money, a lot more money. So there just aren't enough good two turn mile and eighth and up type older dirt horses to to compete in all these races. There just aren't. And, you know, I mean, the Saudi race, if it was just the Dubai race and the Pegasus, it would be okay because they would be far enough apart. And, um, you'd, yeah, that's, you'd be, you'd that's... be cutting the pie up two ways instead of three ways. And uh, you might get some crossover, right, from one to the other. But now, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening. You know, people just don't campaign horses like that anymore. So, so... So there we go. Yeah. Boo. <sighs> but I got that Phillies race this year, though, right? The Philly turf race. <laughs> <laughs> Philly to Peter race. <laughs> oh, man. That would that would be roasted. They would never live that down. Ever. Yeah. So it might be, it might end up being, you know, the turf races might be the the better ones like they were the last couple of years. Although, you know, Colonel Liam, that was a good race. It was it was actually good to watch. It wasn't actually good to bet on. But uh, I'll be honest, I don't have much else tonight. No, there was a, you know, honestly, it's been kind of quiet when I, I hate to say that because usually when we say that, I mean, listen. We could talk about the the Navarro sentence and stuff, but nah. I mean, how, much, how, how many more times do we have to go over this? Right, thing? it speaks yeah. for itself at this point. Exactly. If you if you haven't figured out like your thoughts on that by this point, it's kind of you know pointless. But uh, probably one of the few things that <laughs> horse racing Twitter unites on. Well, it's pretty hard to go the other way. It is, but they're they're out there. Not like the other guy, man. Ugh. Just, I just, it's almost like there's people who have been hired by a, a like a PR firm or something to to do social media to like try to object to every person that, that writes something bad about. About the guy, I mean, and, and I'll be honest, that might be that might be true. That might actually be happening. Yes, that's what it seems like. It's just a weird phenomenon. It's like, why do you always have these people or these anonymous kind of troll accounts that just 
oppose everything. Like, is that is that a Twitter thing or is it actually no. somebody doing it? I'm I'm just uh, it's just weird that Bob Baffert has so many like like people that just are and willing to go to the wall for him. He's a horse trainer, like like, like he, he's not. I just don't see how people have this connection with. It just seems weird, especially that guy. You know what I mean? Like, right. It just seems weird that there's and and they're everywhere. Every time someone puts something up, they they're there to try to, you know, like reason or bargain, and 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 it just seems like that's a whole lot of effort to do. Right. You like, should, you know, it seems like you know, you know that everything is not on the up and up. I mean, let's be real. You can't believe that. So I, I just have a hard time believing that that anybody in horse racing, anybody, could have that strong of a following that people would be willing to dedicate a significant portion of their day to defending them, especially when they're defending them from people who have sixty-eight followers. Who gives a shit what those people say? They have no you know, like. Don't you understand social media, right? Those people have no reach. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, there's lots of crazy people on, on, on social media to say all kinds of whack things, but like you just ignore most of them. But it just seems like like there's people that in accounts that don't seem like they've made this their, their right that they're hill to die on. I mean, this is not a sympathetic figure, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. Is like how can you relate to that guy of, of all people in racing? You know what I mean? Like, you know, some of the lower level guys are kind of cool and you know him and it's like damn they got a couple positives i could see somebody saying hey he's not a bad guy or you know right and, and we're not wants... you know, we're not actually casting any any disparaging right we're not saying his character or anything we're not saying like you know he beats up you know nuns and chokes puppies but like the the extent that people are willing to go to defend him over stuff that like I, it's just weird to me it's just it's just strange because I've never seen that in any other, um, uh, uh, maybe that Canadian guy that was, uh, you know, got mad at me for telling him the that helium had no chance. Speaking of which, but uh, <laughs> it's just it's just strange to me that that there would be this this small group of people. I'm not talking about the ones that we know that are his friends. Um, listen, yeah, your friend, so, you want to defend your friend? I got no problem. I get it. Yeah. Do it. Whatever you got to do. You know what? You're certainly not, you know, you're, you're certainly not looking from the prism of uh, objectivity, but hey, it's your friend and, and you know, I you got to defend your friends, right? Mm -hmm. But there's just this weird group of, and it's on, it's on Facebook too. Yeah. And Facebook might be worse. There might be more lunatics on Facebook than, than, than here. Because they have the groups, right? And they have the group, and it just gets a little, you know. Yeah, it gets a little out there. But it's just strange to me. <laughs> it is. It's really strange. It's, it's 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 fascinating to watch in a sense because it's like, man, they're going they're going hard on this, and they're really getting behind this notion. And it's like, you really want to do that? Yeah. No, I can. Yeah. Somebody kind of stand neutral and be like, oh, well, I guess you did something that was probably no good, but we can't prove it or whatever. I'm just going to fall back and, and watch what people say and not say anything. But then you get these people that are just 
out there trying to take bullets for the guy. It's crazy. No, right, right. They're they're and and it's uh, the lectures. That that's the thing. It's 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 the constant lecturing <laughs> that. Um, and you know, people have to remember that he's a public figure. When you are parodied, um, parodied by Saturday Night Live, okay, you are a public figure. You are not just some random person that's getting picked on. You are a public figure. And if you are a public figure, then um, you're going to be, you're going to have to take the arrows because they're going to come to you. So it's just, you know, we're at the point where um it's weird to me. I, I don't know. I've said that so many times now, but but yeah, there's no other way to describe it. It's strange to the the lengths that people have gone. I've seen anyway, and it's like really. I mean, yeah, I get it, sort of, but it's like they're doing too much. I guess that's a good way to put it. I suppose they're just doing too much. Let the chips fall where they may, and you know everybody understands the situation. I would think. I mean, you know, you're always going to have those kind of nut jobs that aren't really reality based. You know, like maybe ten, fifteen percent people, but a majority of the people understand the situation. What's going on? There's no way you would think that anybody could believe that everything is okay with whatever it is that he's doing or not doing. Um, so it's like, you know, it's, it lies somewhere in between until more stuff happens, unfortunately, um, good, bad, or otherwise. So, you know, I, I, it's just tough for me personally, because, you know, it just, that whole thing with Medina spirit just kind of was like a gut punch. After spending a good time at the races, you know, obviously over the past couple of years, we weren't able to go out as much as we wanted to. Um, it kind of stopped momentum for a minute and, and it didn't feel good, at least for me. And I'm sure a lot of other people are feeling that still. And it's not going to go away until these things get resolved. How are they going to get resolved? I don't know. Um, because it sure as hell doesn't look like people at the top are really caring they're just like all right well this will blow over in a couple days which it has to to some degree um and then you have people that are going all in with the hissa thing which to me doesn't make any sense either because there's no way they could get this stuff together immediately it's going to take a while I, i think at least five years if not more for them to be really efficient or effective in what the plan is. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're going to try stuff and it's not going to work and they're going to learn and, and do whatever if it even lasts that long. So, you know, there's a lot of question marks there. So I want to be optimistic about the future, but it's kind of hard because there's no direction. It's just like, you know, I don't know if people out there have ever played the, the video game um, uh, roller coaster tycoon. Well, in that game, you have to build paths 
to get around to, you know, all the rides in your amusement park that you build. And if you don't, the people just scatter and they hurt themselves and you got to, you know, get them first aid and things like that. And it's just no guidance. And that's how I feel like we're in a state right now, this, this limbo where we have no direction. I mean, HISA might give us a little point us in the right direction, but it's not a panacea of all the problems. But, you know, like you said, you know, last week and the week before and the week before that is we need somebody at the top to step up and, 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 and be a leader. And until we get that, we're still going to be just out there, just walking and in circles and just without any, you know, any clear direction on where we want to head or at least try to get some improvement on, on what this we have. No doubt. No doubt. One of the biggest problems I see from with HISA is that, well, outside of the cost, which again, every week I'm going to say it's going to break down the business because it's just going to cost too much. And when anyone tells you about economy of scale and all that nonsense, that means it's going to cost a lot. And where does this business look like for to, to pay three, four hundred percent more for essentially the same thing? They don't even want to pay for this. <laughs> it's like that. Cool. That is a, that. Of course, is an issue because, like. You know, without funding, uh, a, a, an idea remains an idea, right? It doesn't be without the fun. It doesn't just doesn't happen. The other problem is it just seems demonizing therapeutics as usual, and those are not the problem. And they are spending a lot chasing nonsense uh, idea of um, you know have to know the whereabouts of. There's doubt. I mean, it just it just seems like a waste of time. Like if you think people are doing things uh, the out of the track realm, well, wing right here, right? Use it. Catch them. Like if they to think this is going to be a deterrent that. Uh, oh yeah, I told uh, the Hissa people that my horse was going to be turned out over at the uh, farm there for the next three months. Well, if I was going to do something at Smith's farm to the horse during that three months that was going to be bad, right? Well, what are the odds of them hitting on that horse? Right? What are the odds of them showing at the time that we were doing something to the horse? It's like infinitesimal. Right, there's no way. It's just a giant expense for like, like what? Most racehorses spend most of their time at the racetrack in a stall. 23, 23 hours a day in a stall. At a Making people responsible for horses that are four months away from the racetrack or four months past the racetrack. It's just money wasted. It's tremendous amount of waste and that is the product of something that doesn't have a budget seem to have a budget the budget is whatever it takes except we don't have a billionaire at the end of the um 
the, the line that's just writing the check. The check's going to be written by all the little people. Right? Those are the people writing the checks. The big people can afford the checks. The little people can't. And the truth is, the little people aren't really the problem. And that's where it really, like, when you talk about guys who are the problem, right? The guy Patterson, right? He's a problem, but no one well, cares about him. No one talks about him because he's racing at night in these cheap four and a half furlong races. And 98% of horse racing doesn't know who that guy is, right? I mean, this, this is a guy, percent trainer, like a 48% trainer. I was going to say, he's like winning almost 50 because he's, he's not, he's not, you know, you, you, you want to, we could go through the list of guys everyone thinks are, are a little shady, right? They're all big guys. They're all big names. They're all the big. I mean, uh, talk about um, huh, a guy at Zia Park, man. He's really burning it up, right? Does anybody talk about <laughs> Golden Gate? Does anybody talk about those, those small, like Sam Houston? Like who? Maybe the people there do, but that's not a national issue. That's a regional issue. I'm not saying that that there are uh, people watching everywhere, all the tracks. You know, you take this on, you take on all the tracks, but you're going to wind up spending a whole lot of your reason on people that a don't know how to do, that wouldn't know how to cheat, and b couldn't afford it anyways. <laughs> And those people are going to pay for this. And that's the problem that I have with, with it, that, among others, is that there just doesn't seem to be any practical knowledge in this group. It's all, um, it's all suits, man. Yeah, and you know, just like with anything, anything you do in this country, <laughs> when the suits get involved, things end up getting messed up. Yeah, you know, pays every all the nonsense, all the little people. Yeah, I I was um, helping a trainer out about two years ago. He had a horse he wanted to put in the the retirement program in down here in, in South Florida, and he was an older guy, and he wasn't uh, a computer guy. Basically, he had like a flip phone, right? He just wasn't a guy that was going to be. Um, computer literate. He was a race tracker for life, and, and he does pretty good as a trainer. But he just wasn't, you know. So at the time, you were having to make a, a request to put a horse in the program via computer. There was no other way. So I was helping him with it, right? And I'm thinking to myself, under these new regulations, that same guy who still trains, like he is almost assuredly going to screw up. When he, he does that, right? And, and of course, you can say, well, he'll get his assistant or someone else. You know, but this guy with 70 horses, he doesn't really have an assistant. So, yeah, he's going to have to get someone else to help him if he even realizes what he has to do, if he has to send the horse out for uh, time off or something like that. So he is likely to wind up in violation of one of these rules at some point. And you might, people might say, well, that's too bad, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's bullshit because the guy's not doing anything wrong. Right. The, odds of, the odds of him doing something wrong right. are, 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 are infinitesimal. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just the intent of what of what the whole program is supposed to do isn't to, to make life difficult for a guy like that. But it is. But, <laughs> right. but it is. <laughs> Uh-oh. 
Oh, are you there? Okay. I thought you broke up a little bit there. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Bing bong. <laughs> yeah. Not as bad as the Bulls right now. Well, the Bulls have. They can't even play. So no, that's the games... thing worse than. He's not even be able to play. No, I, I actually called out there today, and I I, I had you offered playing tomorrow morning, but uh, next couple of games are canceled because yeah, everybody's but... testing positive, but nobody nobody even knows they got. It. Yeah, it's so oh. weird. I, I thought we were past that, but apparently not. Listen, you can look at the positive side now. Is the people are positive, but no one's really getting sick from it. They're just, they're just coming positive. Yeah, it didn't that happen with uh, Charlotte too. Over the past, my man Ball is Lamelo. My guy Plumley. Though there's a chance that Lamelo is going to an STD, and <laughs> they're just using the COVID <laughs> as a cover. <laughs> living his best life out there. He is living his best life. Anyways, days we're gonna. Uh... Oh yeah, t- tomorrow or is it tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow is the uh, the ABR thing, which ought to be interesting. Oh, they're the the uh... the show of the show. They're the show. Yeah, streaming live stream. Torch Will you watch it? Will you watch it for me? I can't. I'm actually doing another show. We yeah, to make, we, we might have to pull back on this. You, you might be a little overexposed here, man. <laughs> well, we don't make picks on this show, and people are, want want me to make picks for for GP. So you're the only guy that seems to be able to handle Peta. So you know that, that information might be a little more valuable than I tell you, man. I know people. we might have to start being like everybody else. Yeah, you know, Barry, Barry's forty to one shots on to Peta. We can't. Do that. Kind of, you're, you're gonna have to like. You're gonna have that. to pony up a little bit. You're gonna at least have to like send gift certificates to like. I gave a couple of nuggets out the other day on on Twitter about the Peta. I know. Can't I mean, I guess that's obvious, I but still. Horses are going out there, and a a questionable twenty three and change going a route, and it really doesn't matter how fast they they just can't hold on to the lead. It's insane, but I'd like to see it after it rains because I know it would tighten up for a couple of days. Well, remember we're. What it's supposed to be for, except this time of year it never rains. True. This is not the rainy season. We're out of hurricane season, right? We just got out of hurricane season. Yes, we have enough. Well, the Miami Hurricanes going out and hiring all the people. They're hiring coach. They brought the guy Morgan in, eight million a year, bring him home. They hired his AD. Ain't messing around, no. They're tired of being mediocre at the U. Now all they need to do is, or somebody needs to do the same thing at Florida State so we can get that FSU-Miami game back up. I mean, in the 90s, that was just the best. Couldn't beat those games. No, that's true. That is true. 
But the U, they want to be back. So, all right. Well, then, I, I, I like that. I, I like the effort. I mean, oh, it's funny down here in, in South Florida. The only things that matter in the sports world, literally, the only things that matter are the Miami Dolphins, Heat, and University of uh, uh, University of football team. No one cares about them, even when they're good. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Like talks about anything else here. That's it. It's, you know, no one cares. Well, just, you know, it's, he's, he's basically sabotaged them. The Panthers. Go to a Panther game. Sorry, Vinny Viola, but it's true. Most of the fans are for the other team. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, where I'm FAU, at. FAU football. If you go to a football game, they might let you kick. Like, you might actually get, might get on the team. Right. Yes, you might actually be part of the team. Um, but that's probably that's that's really it. I mean, that, no, that's here, it. It's Urban Meyer getting lambasted on on sports radio, and Tom Brady being lauded. So it's one or the other. Nobody talks about the magic very much, and we'll get some Braves talk every now and then. It was so funny when I spent two winters in Ocala. And, you know, everything in Ocala seems like it's a million miles away, right? You're, you're always driving or going. Uh, it's just spread out, right? It's a, it's a spread out place. Yeah. So, you know, be listening to, like, sports talk radio, the local. And all they talked about, I mean, all. Now, remember, you're only 30 minutes south of Gainesville, you know, University of Florida. But that's all anyone talked about was University of Florida football. Oh, I was going to say. That's all they... in, in the winter, they're talking about. Uh, you know, Recru- as soon as the bowl game's over, recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. I knew more about some three-star prospect from from uh, uh, Pensacola <laughs> than than I really needed to know. But that that is like all they talk about. They don't talk about anything else. Like that's just yeah. They don't even oh. Gators and, basketball. And, They're not that bad. No, and then you got people calling in the shows, like giving their opinions on these high school guys who they almost assuredly have never seen play. But yes, yeah, it's, it's weird how different you know areas. Well, let me look at horse racing, right? In uh, at Lexington, Kentucky, horse racing is a big deal. If you're in Saratoga, horse racing is a big, huge deal. In in Ocala, um, um yeah, other yeah, works. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Oh yeah, Daytona. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Delmar, it's a big deal, right? I mean, yeah. There, there are uh, Oaklawn, certainly, and it's a big deal. If you're in Little Rock, it's probably not such a big deal. Though you know, people from there do go. It's, uh, it's just this. It's racing, and um, and that's fine. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. It's not going to. I think that, I mean, we're not, we weren't, we're not old enough to, to, of course, but like in the 40s and 50s, the big were boxing, horse racing, boxing, and baseball. Like the NFL wasn't even really formed. Right, until basketball had, you know, teams in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and, and uh, Kentucky Colonels. Syracuse, 
Oh, that was the ABA, the Kentucky Current. Oh, yeah. 70s. I told you, a guy was wearing in my ABA hat the other day, and a guy said, you work for the ABA? I was like, dude, how old do I look? Nineteen-six, <laughs> right? Like, no, 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 there's a new ABA. I was like, there is? Apparently there was. There was brief uh, an, another ABA, but... Uh, oh, there was. Yeah, but but that's... Racing was, was huge in those years. And, and harness racing was giant, too. I mean, people forget that, well, or didn't know, they don't... In the forty and fifty thousand Roosevelt Raceway in Long, pictures of of the dog track in those years, absolutely packed at Derby Lane, dude. It's just phenomenal how you know. I mean, look at Hollywood uh, Greyhound. Look at how big that place is. Yeah, I, I remember when we get crowd, big crowds. But uh, the NBA wasn't that big, and the NHL was like eight teams, and it was all in the Northeast. Right. So, this like the furthest, the furthest uh, West team was like uh, Chicago. <laughs> um, so it was just a different world, and and that's one of those things that one of the reasons why racing will never be like it was, or even remotely close. In sports, I mean that. Sports like people are watching the premier games from from Europe, and um, yeah. I read something in one of these those TV, um, you know, sports TV we can comes that like Telemundo gets more uh, hits on he gets more hits on Telemundo for Mexican soccer than they do for the Premier League. They get better ratings or more people watching. That would make sense. Right, so it's like those are one of these, those things that happened that, like, it's not on our radar, so we have no idea this is even happening. But there's so much more competition, and I mean, think about a world where, um, when we were young, really young, they used to have the NBA Finals on tape delay. And right, it was like holy shit. And Lakers Celtics you had to wait till eleven o'clock. Now. You can like watch the team's practices online, and it's crazy. You can see every single game. You can see every college game. You can see um, it's it's just it's just nuts that, that the, the amount of attention that there is, and there's so many more. I mean, look at college football. There's like college basketball. There's like 300 Division One teams. So many channels for college football and basketball. It's it's unreal. Like between the the conferences having their own networks now. It's just it's just nonstop. But that's the thing that really gets me is like, you know, all that time. Racing has done very, very little to kind of keep up. Right. No, it's true. And now it's really catching up to us. This is true. And in the end. A real reality check that we have a hard time dealing with is that. It's very difficult to make racing fans without them experiencing live racing at some point, right? It's just hard for people to get excited about watching races on television if they've never been there, if they haven't learned the basics. And it's just uh, that that's one of the problems we have with a shrinking game is that less people are getting to, to, uh, you know, to, to experience that. I, I had horses for 
uh, a lawyer and his wife in Philadelphia, and they worked, in, you know, downtown Center City. And Parks is located north, you know, north of North Philly, right? So, you know, about fifteen minute drive without traffic. Um, on a you know fifteen, maybe twenty minutes, right, from downtown to yeah. Parks. And one day they came and had lunch, and when their horse raced. Uh, and Parks is, is far from like a luxurious place, right? It's not like uh, <laughs> not too. It's not it's like a factory, yeah, right. yeah, kind of. So they came and and they're sitting there having lunch, and I guess they brought a couple people, friends of theirs. And the guy's wife was like, "Wow, this is really great. Like, I could bring people here for business lunches and stuff, and it's it's you know kind of uh, it's kind of exciting, right? It's not just a normal old lunch and like I never had any idea this was here, and I'm thinking to myself, man, and you're like, only 15 minutes away. <laughs> 15 minutes away, and and she had no idea that racing like even existed. She's all I thought racing was all in Kentucky, you know, the Kentucky Derby, and I'm like, eh, you know, and you just kind of like smile and say, well, yeah, not really, but but that's kind of the uh, you know sometimes we just don't have that exposure, but when you get someone to come there, then they kind of opens their eyes and it's not as though she was going to become like this degenerate gambler who was going to come and 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 uh you know blow all the settlement money she makes as a lawyer on on, uh, the the pick four at parks but it was just an example of hey here's someone that is in the demographic uh you know late 30s professional these are the type of people we want to bring to the track right and Without that track being there, if that track was closed and their horse was racing at um, down here somewhere, <laughs> right, somewhere else, and they went to an OTB to watch it, not the same, you know, based upon how OTBs are, you know, kind of are, uh, yeah, it's never not the same. There's no horses there, and that's the thing that that's the one catch that we always can depend on when a person's at a track is that they see a horse and it's just, it just is, uh, it's just so tough to, to really capture people without getting them there. And even in the state of the race way they are, right. Where you're not seeing huge crowds anymore on, especially on weekdays where it's not, uh, you don't have that buzz that you used to have outside of, you know, the usual suspect places, Saratoga, Del Mar, and Keeneland, those kind of places. But it's still different then. Uh, and and I'll, I'll tell you that during the pandemic, I was one of the people that was able to go to the races down here um, when no one else was there. And it was very, very, very odd. It was very eerie, oh, man. Just, just yeah it was very very strange but but people keep saying well you know we're just going to get down to like four tracks and like, no, i don't man. think racing can make it like that i i just don't see how how we would have enough interest in it um how, how we're going to keep people from spending their money somewhere else when you're only racing one or two days a week I mean, think about it. Think about how much action. It has to be like a national spectacle. You know what I mean? Like where everybody would want to get in on it for that to work. 
And why would why would that happen? Right. Well, there's no way because there's casinos basically in every state. There's uh, sports there's so betting growing. There's so much competition that it 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 would be overshadowed by everything else you could do very conveniently. <laughs> yep, we don't mean to be the players of doom, but but that's the truth. But um, oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We don't want any copyright laws broken here. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be on the the sniper. That's right. That's Twitter. right. I was thinking maybe some Two people pissed in. off at us, but but yeah, I forgot that you're you're like on the Twitter uh, terror watch list. Yeah, I was, I'm still on parole, man. You're, you're on the Twitter. The Twitter uh, copyright watch list. Oh man, they hate me. Your pictures posted all over the the Twitter offices. If you find this guy, you get him. That's right. If this man posts videos, you handcuff him and bring him in for questioning. Yeah, I mean, we'll, and we'll leave him in there the cell for nine months before we even pretend like we're doing anything about it. I don't know. Twitter's been real loose. With their uh, getting rid of accounts lately, too. Seen yeah. A lot more than it used to be. But it, at least it's not for copyright issues. It's for legitimate stuff. I, I still don't know what Swifty did to, to get banned. But I guess that's a non-issue. He's never coming back. He's, how's, it's been like three months already, right? Yeah, he, he, refuse, he, he refuses to burn her account in. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I, I had a, you know, I, I have a good enough following on, on my Twitter account that starting a new one would buzz kit. Plus, he can live through Barshu. This is true. Well, it's been real. As always, my brother. And, uh... Maybe next week we'll we'll be able to talk about something without having to talk about content. Oh yeah, maybe we we can get together on those uh those year end awards that we were talking. That's about. right, the year end awards, the going in circles. Big so Monday, this would be awards. a good time to do that. Yes, and it, these aren't going to be. Uh, we're going to give it to this guy because he was the leading trainer. No, that's not. How that's not what we were anti. That that's right. Those are boring. Yeah, we got the the sarcasm awards and the <laughs> yes. Best tweet from a bot account. You know what we should do? We should we should we should bring in a guest. We should Ooh. we should we should we should get Beamy in here. Oh man, that'd be prime. We'll see what we can do. Of course, Beamy does like forty-seven podcasts a week and calls races and he's doing <laughs> videos and Dean. Man, he's all over the place. You ever sleep? It's like Sid. Like Sid, I said I sent a message to Sid. I was like, "You're like a writing machine, man. You're like, it's got a lot of ideas, bro. That's pumping out columns every day, just just going on, man, going after him. I love it, but I'm a little jealous. He's right. I don't have that kind of. I'm a little jealous that he's got. Right, he's got that gift of of being able to just write on it at the drop of a hat. See, I can I can do videos. I've been working on a piece for four days now, and <laughs> I keep getting distracted. That's the problem. 
then I de- then I delete a bunch of stuff, and then I write rewrite it, and then I delete it, and then I'm like, Ugh. yeah, I'm I'm OCD in that but, way. But but uh, um, it, it it'll be out a couple days from now. It's about uh, our our favorite topic, and I just wanted to. Sometimes we lose perspective because we just look at the now and we just look at the recent, right? You're just thinking about, and I keep saying, right, why do I keep doing that? <laughs> Make me stop. But, you know, you just get to where you're just thinking about what's happened recently and, and what's in the last few years um, is kind of, you know, your, your, your context to it. But uh, my, my idea was that I think people who have been in the sport for a long time may have forgotten a little bit about the rise of Bob Baffert, about how he had won a Breeders' Cup race in 1992. <laughs> and then the following three or four years, really nothing happened. I mean, he did okay. He was winning races. Right. He, 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 like, Derby, he, he wasn't he, Derby. He wasn't even winning greatest stake right. races. I think for two years after that, I think he won one stake. With a great a grade three sprint race with some old horse and and how he he just dramatically uh, climbed the ladder like it wasn't even like a ladder it was like a helicopter pulled him up to the top <laughs> and then how things changed again um, and we'll we'll talk you know it's it's like I said uh, it'll be out this week um, hopefully but I think that people that are new to the sport people that have been in this you know with following the sport for the last 10 years they don't know any other bob baffert other than the guy who's always in the derby every year right yeah. the guy so i did it again see i did it again i gotta i gotta go to like a speech coach um <laughs> he is always there he's at this ridiculously high level of having a million you know, maiden winners, million dollar horses, and this and that, and they don't realize that it wasn't always that way. Well, yeah, I mean, you think about it. You go from the guy that was that won with thirty slews to the guy that was parodied on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and that's kind <laughs> so of it's like I, it's like that's kind what, of what I'm doing. A wild know? difference, you know what I mean? And it, and like you said, it wasn't really all that long. Between those two things, no, it's been uh, some twists and turns, and I just think that sometimes we just have to go back and and look at it uh, without getting too mundane, and that's that's sometimes I, I I get a little too detailed, right? And you don't need to tell every single piece of information that that happened. I don't need to list off every single stake winner he had in 1998, right? Why but not? there was a lot of things that happened, and um, I think that's that's something that is important when you look at the entire story. That uh, the perception, how the perception changed, and uh, we'll talk about that next week, I guess, uh, somewhat. But um, I'll keep working on it. All right, Sid, man, I don't know how you do it, bro. You just keep on every single day, and Sid's, it's all on point too. It's not like Sid's not human. No, he's not. He's MF Doom, man. He came back to life. 
Anyways, well, thank you for everyone for listening. And uh, last week's show was our most listened to by far. We're uh, in the thousands, which was kind of amazing. And I do appreciate everyone for listening. Absolutely. Um, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Going in circles podcast at Gmail, or you can hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or wherever. Um, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was that was pretty amazing, and to get that many views and, or that many downloads and that many listens, it's a uh, it's it's a humbling thing, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that we were being real, right? I mean, that was that was how we felt, and I don't know that you always get that, um, and appreciate the the good the 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 kind words that that so many people had. So, uh, hopefully, you're you're listening again and stick with us. Yeah, <laughs> give, give us another try next week, and I'll even get Barry to give picks. Oh boy, no, you don't want that unless it's on Tapita. <laughs> BT. <laughs> Change my name. <sighs> All right, we'll talk to you guys later, and uh, thanks for listening. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. I wanted to let you know that we have a weekly newsletter that you can subscribe to for free, the Going in Circles Digest. It's a, kind of a combination newsletter, stakes preview. Um, we have some uh, restaurant reviews on there, and various topics, but uh, we also have a couple um, pieces about various uh, industry topics or racing history. This last week we did a piece on the great Arazi and his spectacular move in the 1991 Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which uh, unfortunately was the, the pinnacle of his career. But um, it's a free subscription. Go to goingincirclesdigest.substack.com and check it out. All right, the Going in Circles Digest. Thanks for listening.